Hello and welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I am one of your hosts, Josiah from Caterpillar Mom Place. And I am Hill House from Good Games, Good Vibes on YouTube. International sensation. It is. It is. And but they know that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that. You could just drop it off since since it's already assumed. Yeah. I mean, um no use beating a dead horse. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um it's gonna be one of them shows, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um this week um I feel like I was a bit overwhelmed as far as like keeping up with the news this week. So yeah. um, there were not that many stories. There were some new console stories that we'll get into. Um, there was a as lot far of as last games. minute stuff. A lot of last minute stuff that yeah. popped up today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, like so, today and yesterday. Yeah, yeah you're going to get some really <laughs> recent news, you know. Uh, so, yeah. The newest news. Yeah, the newest news, yes. Actually, yes. <laughs> oh, that worked out. Yeah, but as far as... Uh, as far as new games this week that we played, um, I didn't play any new games. I um, played more of that full throttle uh, remastered game, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's still it's still a cool game. Um, I like the nostalgia of the game. I did discover a feature that I didn't know was in it. Um, you could press select or whatever you call it on the uh, Xbox, the left center button. Uh, when you press that button, it switches to the non-remastered version, which is really cool to play in because it's in like the four by three ratio rather than the you know remastered um, HD widescreen. So it is cool that you can switch you know constantly between the original version and the remastered version, uh, even down to the audio. Uh, when you switch to the original version, the audio becomes like. L- lower fidelity and you can tell that it sounds like it was actually made in 95 uh-huh. and um i do have to say that that makes way more sense because i remember when i was playing this originally i found out it came out in 95 i was like this is like pretty impressive looking like i can't believe that this was you know available on pcs in 95 <laughs> but it is very remastered there's a lot of um crispness to it in the remaster the original is not bad by any means it's completely playable i've switched to the original to feel how the game felt and a lot of it makes more sense in a four by three ratio uh when they did the widescreen adaptation for the remaster um a common mechanic in this point and click adventure is that you have to click to the side of the screen to leave the area so you'll be looking at an area you click you use your cursor to click the arrow on the side of the screen to leave the area and that takes longer in the remaster because the character has to walk further to get to the sides of the screen. It's an interesting thing that it runs into when you add, you know, an extra few inches on both sides of the screen. Uh, in the four by three ratio, you can get to the sides of the screen very quickly. It's just something that I noticed when I was switching between the two game modes that um, they did a really good job of remastering the game. Uh-huh. But after you see the original versions while you're playing it, you quickly, you wouldn't have noticed it before, but now I noticed that all of the actions are done within the middle square. The stuff on the side never has things to click. The stuff on the side never has anything that's important to the story. 
It's just added um, textures and backgrounds to fill out your screen. So it is interesting that you are playing a widescreen game that's point and click, but the only things you'll ever interact with <laughs> are within a four by three ratio in the middle of the screen because that is still the original game. They didn't like move things. They didn't spread things out. It is the original game looking better with added, you know, backgrounds and foreground uh, images. So that's that's pretty interesting to switch between the two and see how they pulled the uh, remaster off. So I, I'm pretty impressed by the game. It's uh, it's well voice acted, as I said uh, last week, and uh, it, it's just a, it's a charming game. Uh, it's not something that you're gonna like, you know, run out and play. But being in Game Pass, I think it's worth playing uh, if you you know, have any attraction to point and click adventures. I think it's pretty cool. Um, right. On. And the only other game I played besides, uh, I think I played maybe one game of Warzone, but, uh, I started playing state of the gate two again and I kind of forget how much fun that game is. It's a very relaxing game, even though, you know, you would think it's kind of stressful because of zombies and all, but it's a very, um, it's a very simple game. And once right on. you get good at it, it um it's very like relaxing in the same sense that I can play Overwatch to relax and it doesn't stress me out. Um, uh-huh. State to get K two kind of has that effect too when you get to a certain skill level where it's just kind of chill. You know, you just drive around killing things, collecting things, and that's it. You know, there's no like fear of dying or anything. It's not a real big problem once you understand how to work the game. You know. Yeah. Um, and I've said before about State of the Gate 2, as much as I like the game, glitches and all, it's really annoying sometimes, but as much as I like the game, it does have a hard learning curve if you're not playing with someone that knows what they're doing. Uh, the tutorials are not actually that great. They teach you how to go out and uh, basically collect things, but they don't tell you like how deadly blood plague is if you get infected. They don't tell you like if you have the fever, you can recover. Uh, there's a lot of things that you kind of have to figure out just by trial and error. So your first game may be pretty rough, but I mean, once you've played it, you know, 10 plus hours, um, yeah. there's a lot of tricks that help you along the way when you're starting a new game. So I do highly recommend right if you want to experience the game, like the actual experience, don't look up like walkthroughs or anything. But if you want an easier experience, I mean, you could probably watch like 10 minutes of YouTube videos and have like a way easier experience with the game. <laughs> Cause there are some features that would really help to be explained before you like jump into a game. But um, I, th- there's something to be said about the, uh, the actual fear and dread of not knowing how you're going to survive something. If you don't know what's coming up, you get what I'm saying? So it's yeah, a cool absolutely. game and I've always enjoyed it, but um yeah, I didn't play anything new. Those are just the games that I played this week. So, did you get anything new? Yeah, actually, I went I went back to a game that I haven't played since uh, 2018, actually, um, and I can't believe that it's been that long. Uh, but this is a game that came out in 2017. <laughs> it is a basically a uh, a step up from the 1991 uh, Sega game, uh, Genesis game, Road Rash. It's called uh, Road Redemption. And it's uh, basically you're mm-hmm. on motorcycles and it's road combat. Uh, it's it's a simple, simple game, but there's a lot going on in this game. It's the missions are fun. 
Um, the multiplayer uh, part of the game is a blast. And uh, the mechanics, there's a lot of stuff going on in this game. So it actually, even though when I played it back in 2018, I was not very happy with it because the graphics, I'll be quite honest, were, were absolute shit. Um, it, it looked like an old game that you know yeah it had potential but it just it wasn't visually appealing i i could see how the fun was there but it just wasn't appealing and there was a lot of major um problems with the map design and well what's happened mm -hmm. is uh they've done some updates and i was i was going through steam and i was checking out you know all these titles that i have in my library that i've deleted and i'm like what do i want to play again what do i want to check out and and get into and so i looked at road redemption again and they had these they said hey we have fixed our graphics problems we fixed this and i'm like okay so i'm going to give it another shot so i loaded it up and i turn it on of course i optimized it first i let it you know my programs do their things and holy crap, what a difference, dude. This game is so good looking now. Uh, this has no storytelling in it. So if you're looking for something that has a story to it, you're in the wrong place. Uh, yeah. The 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 cool part of this game and the part that draws you in is like the campaign. OK, if you die, you're dead. You have to start over again. From, from story one. However, there are little uh, things that you can buy along the way, such as starting from uh, from level three or starting from level nine, I think is one of the options. So you can buy those things, but you really got to do a good job to get that kind of money uh, to buy it up. Well, the cool thing about these campaigns is they're all objective-oriented missions, and you can customize your character to step up to the next mission if you make it through that first one. So you want to try to stay as healthy as possible. You want to do uh, the objectives of the missions and focus on that. Well, each level of it gives you a different task. So that's the cool part about it. Um, you, It's almost like you're in a uh, post-apocalyptic kind of freeway, um, but the there's different maps mm -hmm. and it gets cooler with each one. Um, but the main one that I played, because I played a lot of that first uh, that first uh, mission part the uh, of the uh, uh, the campaigns, and it looks like you're going through the Arizona desert, basically a lot of like uh, Route 66 type stores on the sides and stuff like that. So what you have to do is you're they're saying don't let the uh, let's just say in particular this one mission don't let the outlaw biker gang get to the end of the course before you do. So you have to go up and use an either blunt or sharp instruments. <laughs> You can knock these guys off their bikes. <laughs> you can use oncoming vehicles and push them into those. You can use uh, the environment and push them off or into bridges, uh, all sorts of stuff. And you can um, you can max out your your damage with certain uh, items and stuff like that. So you, there's upgrades and all sorts of stuff that you can do now. I mean, they put so much into this. Because, like I said, it's simple, but it's really deep in the same time. The blunt instruments, like if you see somebody with a helmet, you're coming up on them, you switch to your club, you beat their helmet off of them, and then you switch to your machete and you lop their head off. And you keep going to the next guy. It's really insane. You can grab the guy by the back of the collar and throw him down on the ground. And the cool thing about it is they fixed the graphics that makes everything so much better. It is such a great game. Uh, I recommend it for PC. Um, I, I recommend getting it. It's 100% uh, beautiful because back in the day, 
let's just put it this way. Uh, one of the best reviews that I read about this game, um, and the review was from back in 2018, where they said the pros and cons were the pros were excellent gameplay mechanics, well-made single player and multiplayer and good music and performance. The cons were below average visuals and uninteresting map design. They fixed those two problems. So what you have now is probably because back then it got a four out of five. And and uh, that was from a, uh, uh, I believe, an IGN reviewer. So now you're probably looking at a five out of five game. Uh, guys, this is a classic game, but they have upgraded the shit out of it. And it is awesome. Uh, the music, <laughs> if you're not streaming and you don't get the DCMAs against you, then uh, or DMCAs, whatever they are, um, the music is perfect for the violence in this game. It is 100% awesome. And it's, uh, yeah, you got to check it out. I, I haven't noticed any glitches, any bugs, nothing. These guys have really worked hard on this game, mm -hmm. on this game. Um, so, you know, the I few flaws that it did have are gone. And now it's a, it's just a, it, a superb game to play. I mean, there are so many cool maps and so many cool things that you can do on this game. Yeah, and it says it's in the Road Rash series. Yes. So that's cool. Yes. I didn't realize that. Um, when you first mentioned this game, I was confusing it with another game that's much worse. Um, I forget what it's called. It's something like, I think it was Ride to Hell Retribution, which was like one of the worst yes. motorcycle I think games I ever made. About. So I was confused. It's a really, really shitty game. I was wondering if you were talking about that game, but you're Dude, not. I'm, so I'm, I'm grateful that you're not talking about that game. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if you if you check this game out, you're gonna absolutely love it, dude. You're gonna absolutely love it. It is a brilliant game. But yeah, that's that's all I played. But God, it was so worth it, man. It was such a great game. And they have awesome controller support. I recommend playing with yeah. a controller, even though it's on PC. I 100% recommend it. It's it's that much easier. And wow, just uh, so much fun, man. I just can't say enough about it. <laughs> it was a blast. You, you know, what's funny is when I was searching this game to see if I knew what game you're talking about. You know how when you search on Google and you search something and it shows you what other people also searched for? Yeah. Um. I didn't realize how many motorcycle games have been made over the years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many motorcycle games. There's a ton of them, dude. There's a ton of but, them. But granted, granted, not many have been made since like 2006. A yes. lot of these are like 90s and early 2000s. So, yeah, the genre is a lot more skim now. So I honestly think that, that if you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm saying if you're talking about like a current gen kind of, you know, performing looking game, there's going to be less than a handful, you know, and uh, so that's really cool. I think I might actually check this one out. So I'm yeah, glad you mentioned I, it. I, I did also you, forget I think about like this it. game. I do remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd like it now. It is so clean. It is so clean looking and uh, they're running it through the Unity engine. But man. Yeah, <laughs> it looks so good. What? Because I I put the yeah, graphics Unity like all the way up. Yeah. I put the graphics all the way up, and it's just it's so tight. Such a tight looking game. Sweet. Um. 
So with that out of the way, you want to get on to some news? Yeah, let's do this. Let's go. Okay. Welcome back. Um, before we talk about the news, we were just talking about bodily in, in injuries, and it made me think about the movie. Um, um, I hadn't seen it until like a couple of weeks ago because the kid wanted to see it. It was uh, the Dwayne The Rock Johnson skyscraper. Oh, yes. And there's he decides in that movie, he uses duct tape to do ridiculous things that don't make any sense, including like closing all of his open wounds. And he's just running around, I guess, with half of his body in duct tape, uh, in addition to the fact that he's um, using a prosthetic leg to climb things, and it's it's ridiculous. Um, and hold, holding his weight on the side of a building with um, duct tape. <laughs> but anyway, I was just thinking about that, because we were talking about closing open wounds with uh, Gorilla Glue, so just food for thought. Um but as far as uh news goes this week um let's talk about real information not false information about the uh the uses of (laughs) duct tape um as far as real (laughs) real (laughs) worthwhile information and news that you can trust to be true and factual um let's talk about the fact that the playstation 5 has been um overheating in uh, display cases. And this was really funny to me because I saw this on Twitter first. They're, and they're made out of duct picture. tape. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, they just duct tape over all of the uh, the vents so that uh, people don't steal them is what they're doing. Yeah. No, but what it is, is it? <laughs> I saw the original image on Twitter and someone said that the display units of PlayStation 5s and like targets are overheating everywhere. And uh, once you look at the image, you obviously know why. The PlayStation 5 is being encased in acrylic that is like two inches away from every side of it. It It's completely in a box with no holes. (laughs) No fans (laughs) venting it or anything. Yeah, yeah. No fans venting or anything. So it's just in a box that is completely like sealed. And you understand why it's in there because they don't want people stealing it or something especially since they were putting them in these cases before the release of the PS5. So you can understand that they would really want to make sure that people couldn't get their hands on these. But like, you know, some two-inch holes on the top of the acrylic yeah. would have helped. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, so there's there's no holes in it. So it's really obvious why it's overheating. And it's just, it's one of the funniest images because it's like, you know, they say there's those images that you can physically hear. This is one of those images where you, there is no explanation for what's happening. It wouldn't have even had to say that it was overheating. Once you see the acrylic and how close it is to the console, you're already yeah. like screaming internally. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's really a picture, and the first comment is going to be, you're going to have to buy a new one. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know if Sony's going to be, um, they probably will send their representatives out, like their vendors, out to all of the targets with a power drill to drill some holes. <laughs> because these consoles aren't like destroyed, probably. What's happening is the PlayStation 5 gets to a certain heat. And I'm sure that it automatically shuts off so that it doesn't get destroyed. 
And um, what's happening is no one's able to demo the games because, you know, the PlayStation 5 is within probably like 20 or 30 seconds. Like, yo, this is real hot up in here. And <laughs> so so the, the demos have been basically useless. They're just a display case where people can, you know, demo how to properly overheat their PlayStation 5. <laughs> is really all the demo is. But yeah, hopefully they will send out their representatives to, you know, drill those holes. But it's just really funny because it's one of those things where, you know, you figure that someone along the way would think that this was a bad idea, you know? So you're hoping that what actually happened was the acrylic um, case that was shipped out for the uh, display unit just accidentally, you know, didn't get the vents drilled into it, you know, like it missed that, part of the line of construction because I don't think they yeah. would, you know, sit down and plan to do this without someone being like, how's it going to vent inside there? But you know, yeah, exactly. You never know. You never know. The marketing team may not be the same type of team that would even, you own know, a PlayStation it, five, but it could be, <laughs> it could be the fact that they told the company, Hey, we just need a display case for these not knowing. And the company's, you know, the company's making them is just making a display case. They're not knowing that they're actually going right. to run them in there. You know, it's right. just it's it's silly, dude. And it's it's bad. It's just bad form on the store's part. They just. Yeah. Like you said, drill some damn holes. Call it a day, man. You know, you won't have any problem. You put, you know, a line of two inch holes in the top and all that hot air will be vented out. Yeah. I mean, it still won't be great, but it probably won't overheat from yeah, like you know, booting up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, let me see. I think I have a few more PlayStation 5 stories I'm going to get out of the way since we're talking about that. Um, Really cool news is the PlayStation 5 is going to be able to be played remotely on a PS4. So this is really cool because PlayStation and Sony never really support this type of business. Um, I say that because they're so bad at backwards compatibility. Um, So... Basically, if you buy a PlayStation 5 and you throw it in your living room and you're wondering, what do I do with my PS4 now? Because, you know, all of most of its games can play on the PS5. So what do I do with it? Uh, You can now put it in your bedroom and you can stream your PS5 to your bedroom on your PS4. And that's a really Mm -hmm. cool feature because... Tell you the truth, um, I'm sure I'm not the only person that feels like I underused my PS4, and the idea that there's another generation already coming out, and yeah. I have a PS4 that I probably like wasted five hundred dollars on. It's gonna make me feel <laughs> a lot better knowing that I can stream, you know, the new console games to a yeah. PS4. This 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 helps my mindset out a lot. And now this is a feature that you know. Xbox is already kind of probably 100% capable of doing. Oh, yeah. Xbox actually, I was just going to say that because I can actually take the, my phone and my controller mm-hmm. uh, to work and I can remote play on my phone through my Xbox with the app and I just Bluetooth my controller yeah. to my phone. I, I see people doing it all the time now. So I'm actually uh, I'm actually thinking about playing Overwatch at lunch every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you could actually blame it on the lag. <laughs> Well, actually, I was watching people play in the break room where I work. You know mm-hmm. where that is. And, uh, and you know, the Internet is shit there. They had no issues at all. 
<laughs> they had no issues at all. That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going to give it a try. I, I and I'll probably talk about and, it next week. Yeah. Um, so you could already do things like that with the Xbox. I'm not sure if they have the specific ability to stream an Xbox console onto another console. I think no, they no, may no. not have that. They just have remote you can, play. Yeah. Yeah, you can play it on your phone, and you've already for years been able to play it on your PC through remote play. So they already kind of have that infrastructure set up. So I would be interested to see if the Series X has a similar setup where you can stream from your Series X to another Xbox in another room. Not I, that that's that important when no. currently you can install anything that's on a Series X on a 1S or 1X. So that's not as important <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. Because oh, what would happen is... The only advantage to the Series X right now is loading times and visuals, um, not game um, library capabilities. Um, all it would do is just be running better on another console and then be like downgrading its uh, you know, frame rate on your other Xbox. So really, I guess the only advantage would be loading times. You could probably load up games quicker if you're streaming your Series X on a 1S. <laughs> but exactly. um, yeah I'd be interested to see if they roll out a program that's similar that's like saying that hey um, you know not everyone installs you know Call of Duty on every console in their house they may only install it on the one with the largest hard drive so you might want to just stream it from the one that already has those 200 gigabytes allocated you know so i mean it, there is a slight attraction to different aspects like you can break it down and make up a reason that seems really viable to the individual user um so it'd be interesting if they roll out a similar thing so we can wait and see um the next thing that I have for PlayStation 5 news is that it is losing the web browser. And I think this is fantastic. I hate that consoles have web browsers. It doesn't make any sense. To me, it poses more security risks than anything as far as uh, parental controls go, as far as uh, being able to hack them goes and stuff. I think losing a web browser on a PlayStation 5 is correct way to move forward um no one should be using a playstation as their home computer that is really dumb um if for some reason a game makes you have to open up a link to the web to sign up for something they've already announced that the playstation 5 will have like an artificial link opening system it's not a browser but it'll still be able to access the internet there's just no browser you can't just go into the browser and google something but i think that makes a lot more sense because i've always been frustrated with the fact that the xbox has a browser i think that it's just disruptive i always wish that i could uninstall it but whenever you think about that you remember that oh like the ubisoft games wants you to sign into you know you play and the EA games wants you to sign into EA yep. Play, so like you have to have the web browser. But if there's a way to work around it, I think that's the way of the future because I, I personally don't think that web browsers belong on uh, consoles. Just like I don't, I didn't think they belonged on smart TVs. I remember there was a period of time where they were on smart TVs, and there were people out there apparently plugging a keyboard and mouse into a television and acting like it was a home computer. 
even though the RAM had to be shit. Um, anyway, they would do that. And I remember when they started taking off web browsers, I worked in an electronic section at the time. They started taking off web browsers on TVs and people started getting really livid about it. They were like uh, upset that there was no web browser on a smart TV. How can it even call itself a smart TV? And I'm like, look, dude, like you have a computer in your hand on your phone. You got, yeah. you know, you should have a laptop or a computer designated for doing computer work. I mean, it's like your TV shouldn't be where you, you know, look up things on the web browser. And televisions losing web browsers really made a lot of sense for also illegal websites because there was a push that having a web browser on a television allowed people to access um, websites that had like free stolen movies and, you know, free television shows, et cetera, if you have a web browser. But if you take away the web browser, it forces people to use, you know, legal approved applications that are either approved by, you know, Samsung or whatever the TV uh, publisher was. And that just controlled it more. And basically, I guess PlayStation is probably thinking the same thing that you losing a web browser just controls your environment so much better on your console. And if people have a problem with that, they can just get a PC you know, and I think that's I think that's completely fine. I think the web browser just doesn't belong on game consoles. <laughs> I don't know how to say that anymore. But I, I think that it poses more risks and um, more dangers to console owners, especially parents who have no idea that there's a web browser on a PlayStation. Um, the, the, you know, some people just don't do the research. So I think going forward, it makes a lot more sense for web browsers to get phased out. I'm not sure if Microsoft will ever do it with the Xbox because, you know, they half of the reason of having Microsoft Edge on your Xbox is just free advertisement for Edge and trying to make you actually use Edge. <laughs> you know. Um but that being said, I don't know. What's your opinion on the web browser thing because I feel like I'm having a really I, I strong opinion on it. I personally can live without it. Um, I, 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 I think the thing is, I think everyone can. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's too clunky and it's too difficult to deal with at times. And I, I just really have no use for it. I mean, everything, everything is on an app now anyway. So if you need right. to, if you technically need to log into, you know, EA game pass or, you know, uh, any of the other ones, just have the app on there. You log on and it shuts it off. You know what I mean? Just that right. easy. You don't need a web browser to do that anymore. Yeah, so, and yeah. a lot of those things are rolling out apps. Even yes. uh, Microsoft Rewards used to be a web browser. When you would try to do Microsoft Reward challenges or um, do Bing search quizzes and stuff, all that stuff was on the web browser. Now those have dedicated apps. So maybe Xbox is moving away from it. I don't know. Um It'd be just really surprising to see Xbox remove the web browser, especially since, I, as I said before, I think it's just advertising for Microsoft Edge. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm sure they would want to put PowerPoint on the Xbox if they could, you know. Um, you know, I don't even know. You might be able to. I just haven't ever seen it. <laughs> never you very up. well. You very well may be able to, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Here's a here's a Microsoft gift card. You can go get you something with it. You end up buying a, a Microsoft Word <laughs> for your Xbox. 
<laughs> but um, that being said, joking aside, um, I guess that's all the PlayStation news that I have. Oh, no, there's another one. Uh, the DualSense controller. There was a guy on YouTube, and I think he streamed this. He was able to play music through the DualSense controller's vibration. That's how freaking accurate the rumble features on the DualSense are. So basically, he just programmed the <laughs> the rumble feature to... Um, I don't even can't even wrap my head around it and I'm all about sound. Um, I guess he made a spectrum of the music and then he made the vibration program to replicate the same wavelengths. It's really crazy to see, but basically he just ended up putting the controller on a cardboard box to make it louder. And uh, it sounded like a, uh, a full song and it's something where you would think it was just fake if you didn't like try to start to think about it. But um, it is completely real, and I've started to see other people posting the same type of stuff where they're um, just basically programming their controllers to make music, which is crazy. Um, it makes a lot of ideas in game design come up, and there's there, there's something that, like, let's say you go into a certain room in a game, and before, on screen... There may be like a jingle or something like if you're thinking like Legend of Zelda or something where a little like chime will play when you enter an area and it's to notify yeah. the player that there's either a boss coming or uh, there's, you know, a chest in the room that you need to go look for. There's older style games usually had some sort of audio cue to make you understand that there's a variation into the room or area that you've entered. And the DualSense controller kind of makes you think that maybe they won't make it audio. Maybe they'll play the song through the controller to make you like feel it. It'll be freaking weird because you'll be like, did I hear that? Or did I just feel the song come through like my feeling wrists? feeling the bass. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be really weird because you'll be like, it won't just be vibration. It's not just like you enter a room and a big boss comes up and your controller's like rumbling off the table. It's not just yeah. that. The DualSense is so accurate with its rumble that it could like maybe make you think of a tune. Like if like the theme song of the game has like a interval of two notes that are like distinguishing to the game, uh, the controller might be able to do those two vibrations to make you like subconsciously feel nostalgia yeah. for the game. This is yeah. it like opens up so many possibilities where it's like, I'm not sure if people will even understand. They may just think like, oh, the controller's rumbling. But, you know, subconsciously, they're now humming a tune in their head and they don't know yeah. why. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. It's really crazy to think about. I'm really excited about this DualSense controller. I'm not as excited about the PlayStation 5 as I am about the controller. Um, I have uh -huh. to say that the PS5 itself is kind of just currently looks like a Cadillac version of the PlayStation 4. I could say the same thing about the Series X. They just seem like, you know, they feel like another half-generation leap. They don't feel like a full-generation leap. And if, if you get what I'm saying, they feel like the Pro versions were to the OG versions of the Xbox One and the PS4. This new yeah. generation feels like the hardware is just the next logical step, you know? It's like we're just added more teraflops. You know, they're faster, load times are better. They're not brand new consoles. They feel like it's just 
once again more refined. But the DualSense controller is just different. And I can commend Sony for making that extra effort into the controller to make their console feel like a next-gen console. And, you know, the the counter the counter argument to that is that Xbox isn't even trying to make a new generation. They're trying to cut no. off generations. So you could you could say that Xbox wasn't even trying to make it feel like a new generation, but Sony did manage with the controller. I think they are successfully defining the generation, you know, with that controller, even though it's making people mad that they can't use their PS4 controllers for PS5 games, even though they can sync up to the PS5. Like, I know there's like tons of things that are making people mad, but as much as Sony is stepping on toes, they are putting their foot down on this is a new gen. And I think the controller is the main like totem for that. So I, I think if the controller was just like the PS4 controller with like a couple more lights, uh, I, I don't think they would have the ground to act like it was a new gen console as much as they're acting like it is. I think the controller is by far the biggest improvement on the surface level, at least. Um, so I am excited about the PS5. I am not going to get it right away. I'm seeing that people online are already posting that they're picking them up. Um, I am definitely going to wait a little bit on the PS5. Yeah, I'm a little bit more excited about the Series X. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what's the best route of getting one. Um, I uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I lost the I lost what I was saying, but yeah, I am going to figure out how to get one. Um, it's not that hard to find them in stores currently. Uh, online, I know it's still bad. I saw Amazon was saying that people that had already ordered them on Amazon have like estimated shipping dates of December 31st. And that's yeah. crazy. You could have walked into a store yesterday and bought one. Um, so I don't know if maybe Amazon is going to get a lot of people like, you know, asking for a return and like canceling their orders because like there's, there's a lot of stores that I'm pretty sure you can still walk in and grab one. So um, that being said, let me wrap up my section of the news real quick. I only have like two more stories. No worries. Um, the the next one is that Jedi Fallen Order is coming to Game yes. Pass through yes. EA Play. And it's not just coming. When I wrote this, it was coming. Um, it is already there. I already downloaded it yesterday. I'm hoping to play it maybe a little bit today. I don't know if I have yeah, the time. Yeah, I'm going to download it tonight. But yeah, it's this is a game that I've almost bought so many times because I was really excited about it before it came Same out. Here. <laughs> I just never... I just never came around to buying it because there's always something else I was playing. And so I'm really happy I ended up not buying it because this game never really made it under $40. Like it's on its best sells. It was 39. So uh, it's really cool that it's an EA play only a year after its release. It came out last November and yep. um, it's qualifying for a lot of game awards this year because it came out shortly after the game awards. So yeah. Look for it to sweep some game awards. I can I can see this game being the surprise game to get a lot of rewards at the game awards because a lot of people probably thought it came out last year. Uh, the thing is, it missed the deadline for release for, to be in last <laughs> last year's game awards. So you can play this game that's probably going to be suddenly like featured. A lot of people are going to be talking about this game because it's going most definitely be nominated for a lot of categories. Oh yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, it's the it's the big game to be added to Game Pass because of EA Play's, you know, partnership with them. 
Um, I feel like the last big one was Doom Eternal being added, but I feel like uh, Jedi Fallen Order is the currently like big selling point for Game Pass. And that's really cool. And Game Pass has a lot going for it right now. This isn't really news, but if you don't have Disney Plus, I believe Game Pass members get like 30 free days this month. So like there's yeah, a 30-day like free that. trial. And that's really cool too. I mean, well, you know, Disney Plus is only $5 a month. But still, I mean, you can try it out. Um, you can be playing Jedi Fallen Order and then go on Disney and watch all of the Star Wars movies. So it's a really cool feature. Very true. I could see a lot of people, you know, spending their holidays, you know, enjoying, you know, a freaking what, 10 to $15 for Game Pass. That's just insane. I think the value of Game Pass is unbelievable. Um, I, I feel like PlayStation fanboys probably hate our podcast because I'm like always drooling over Game Pass. But um, <laughs> I do too, dude. There's so much. I, I try to be with Game Pass, right? And I try to be fair. I am not 100% Microsoft and hate Sony. I like both consoles. I'm just honestly more attracted to a lot of the things that Xbox and Microsoft are doing right now, and they they have yeah. got a very good business model coming up. And let's just say that Game Pass is selling me on the next gen, and yes, Sony is not selling me with you know exclusive games. And the really cool DualSense controller, that DualSense controller is tempting. But even with the DualSense controller and exclusive games, I'm still leaning towards the Series X because of number one, Game Pass. I can, for a very low price, get tons of new games and a huge library. And it's just the value is unbelievable. Plus the fact that I actually like a lot of the exclusive Microsoft games right now because... You can, <laughs> I didn't expect to have this conversation. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. You can, you can harp all day about how God of War, Last of Us 2, um, even Last of Us, Spider-Man. Um, let me think of what else. Let's just say those four games. Those four yeah. games, you can say that those games are 100% worth Sony's PlayStation 4 and their exclusiveness to those games sells their consoles. But all of those games are single-player games. And yeah. Microsoft has stated to K2, which I can play with my wife, and it's a lot of fun to play that game. It's a very good time killer. And as much as people make fun of that game, it's I I was just thinking about it at work a state couple of K, days ago. State of I was Decay 2 is a great game, dude. Right, and I, I was just get. thinking a couple of days ago that I would buy an Xbox for State of Decay 2 if I knew how much fun it was. Like back in the day when you would go to other people's houses and play games, like when I was a kid. If I was a kid and I went to someone's house and played State of Decay 2, I'd be like, holy shit, I'm getting an Xbox. This is worth an Xbox. And it is worth an Xbox. Even though it's really buggy, State of Decay 2 is worth getting an Xbox for. And not only that, they also have Sea of Thieves, which is also multiplayer. And oh, I feel yeah. like it's interesting that a lot of Microsoft's exclusives are multiplayer and the exclusives for Sony are single player. And I know that's not a bad thing, but going into next gen, I'm still sold on Xbox because I like playing with other people and yep. Game Pass is an unbelievable value in addition to the fact that it gives you the brand new Microsoft first party tar- titles for free. Like I'm never going to have to pay for you know, say decay or sea of thieves or stuff. Cause I'm just renting it basically, you know, basically. Yeah. And see, you, you, you could also, you know, here's the thing. If anybody's listening to this and you do think, you know, that we're, you know, just plain old 
Microsoft fanboys. Here's the thing, though. We're not putting down the PlayStation. We Because I used to own PlayStations. And I've always enjoyed my PlayStations. I used to enjoy playing God of War. It was one of my favorite games for a very long time. But uh, yeah, but the fact of the matter is that, you know, we're we're going to give you, you know, the truth about it and let you know that, yeah, PlayStation is a great console. They have great uh, they do have some great uh, uh, exclusives. But it just honestly seems like Microsoft offers way more bang for the buck. You know what yeah. I mean? That's just how I look at it. I'm not saying yeah, the PlayStation is bad. I just think for me, I get more out of my Microsoft deal. Yeah, and Microsoft is the underdog, so I don't think there's a crime in um, rooting for them, especially after last gen. Um, even Sony's almost the underdog compared to Nintendo now. Nintendo's just like killing it. Um, (laughs) but no, Microsoft has a lot of money and we're not getting paid off to say this. Um, I wish we were, but, um, at sacrifice of our integrity, I I can say that we're still being honest, (laughs) but no, I I'm really excited about this next gen and, um, it's, it's really cool. I'm excited to see the next halo game. Um, I'm glad that they are putting the time and effort into that game. Yes. There's just so much going for Microsoft right now, and I don't think people are giving them enough credit. And I I guess I guess what sums it up for me is I'm trying to make these honest um, opinions and honest uh, positions on what the difference of the consoles are, what they actually like bring to the table. And I overheard someone... Uh, the other day talking about the Series X and they basically said that they didn't want an Xbox because it's ugly. And I was like, <laughs> wow. I was like, that kind of like just sums up how little thought, you know, so many people put into the console. <laughs> I think I think PlayStation is, is it's undeniable. Uh, people are saying that the PlayStation 5 is going to sell ridiculous and it probably will. And... Yeah. I will have to say that I think a lot of people are buying it with no consideration of the Xbox because it's just the sequel to the system that they already own. I think a lot of people are just like, oh, well, I have a PlayStation, so I'm going to get another PlayStation. And that makes sense. Yeah. In the same sense, I have an Xbox and I want to get the next one. Um, a lot of people do that because their friends are already on those consoles. So it's easier to just buy the new console than to convince all of your friends to change consoles. So I understand that sentiment too. You know, if you play multiplayer games, then obviously you want to, well, I mean, I guess if you cared about your friends, if your friends are worth keeping, then you'll stay with the same console. I understand that. Um, But to have the opinion that you don't want a console because it's ugly is just it's just one of the most shameful things that I ever have heard and it's it's just ridiculous and I'm just like well I was like well there's 60% of Sony's <laughs> Sony's player base but anyway um that being said um just just weigh the pros and cons because I've even looked into uh PlayStation's vers- version of Game Pass and it's just not as good and one of the main reasons is the fact that it doesn't have first party games and um, the fact that Microsoft throws in those first-party games like Minecraft and yep. things like that just make a lot of value to it. There's a lot of people that, um, if they knew that 
for $10 a month, they could get Minecraft and Minecraft Dungeons and Sea of Thieves. And it doesn't even have to be first party. Um, There's been things like... um, trying to think of another example of a game that's been in game pass for like a long ass time even like arc arc survival yes. evolved has been in there for over a year um yeah. there's people that like those games enough that they'd be willing to pay ten dollars a month to just keep playing those even though if they only played those four games within like two years they would have already paid for the games um they still wouldn't have a problem with it because they never had to pay that money up front you know sometimes that ten dollars yes. a month is just easier you get what i'm saying so yeah, in addition absolutely. to that, in addition to having like the easier access to the library without having to spend $60 a game, um, they also have the ability to discover games that they may have not even known that they would like. And in addition to that, they have the ability to be warned when it's being taken out of Game Pass. And during that time period, they can buy it for like 20 to 30% off to keep it. So like, there's just so many advantages to the system. And I just, I just feel like I am just one hundred percent like fanboying right now. But it's just, it's just true. When you like break it down, it just makes more sense economically, financially, yeah. you know. And uh, it's just easier, you know. Like I don't remember the last time I, I paid for a sixty dollars game. And if you take sixty dollars and divide it into even Game Pass Ultimate, that's four whole months of access to a library of over a hundred games. So yeah. I mean. I don't know. It's just, it feels like a no brainer to me. I think game pass sells the series X is the point I was getting at. I think it sells that system. And for me, it is selling that system. I mean, when I buy it, I'm not buying it for halo infinite. I'm buying it for game pass. That is going to have halo infinite in it, you know? (laughs) Yes. And that's how I look at it is I use it as a way to test out the games that I may want to buy, you know, because there's, I found several games on game pass that, that I didn't even know about that I ended up liking. And there's been several games on game pass that I hated, you know? And so what's nice about it is that I can actually test some of these games out before I actually buy them. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I I think it's definitely a plus. I agree with you. Yeah. And that's something to be talked about too, because the way of the demo disc has gone away. Um, I remember in the nineties, demo discs were everywhere. Yep. If you're subscribed to PlayStation Magazine, everyone came with a demo disc. There's people who still collect those. They're like collector's items to have those demo discs. Oh, yeah. But they would have like full levels of a game. And sometimes they were so replayable that you could just play demo discs. I remember Dude, playing somewhere demo discs. Like somewhere real I have the original World of Warcraft disc that I bought for, I think it was $9.99. It's sitting at the counter at some store. And I was like, <laughs> finally, I think it was maybe one year after it came out. And I was like, you know what? I got to try this game. Wasn't even that long, maybe six months. Yeah, I remember those. They came with a little cardboard. Yeah, uh, cardboard sleeve. Yeah, but they also came in a cardboard uh, holder and they'd be by the counter with like a little pop up. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Image. So, yeah, I remember that. It was like the same thing that you would see like candy bars in today. Yeah. Um, and I think that's yeah. what really sold it for them is that it was so cheap. Because even then, I mean, that was cheap for a game and yeah. uh, uh 10 bucks was was cheap because usually most of the good games were still costing you 19.99 or 29.99 you know so yeah yeah, yeah. but um yeah yeah i, I, well, I guess those, man. <laughs> well i guess we just randomly had our topic for the day in the middle of my news pretty much pretty but much. 
Um, let me get my last piece of news out of the way so that I can hand it over to you. Uh, this one is actually pretty cool if you already have YouTube Premium. If you had YouTube Premium before November, oof, I think it's 4th or 6th. Let's say it's the 4th for safety. If you had YouTube Premium going into November, like don't sign up right now. If you had it before, you can go to <laughs> uh, stadia.com and you can get a free controller and Chromecast Ultra to play Stadia. So that's pretty cool. If you're already a YouTube Premium subscriber, you get a $100 package that comes with a, you know, it comes with a $60 Chromecast and like a $60 controller that was already discounted to $100. So this is one of those things where if you have YouTube Premium or you know someone that has YouTube Premium, uh, hit them up, make them take advantage of this. Even if they don't want to use the controller and the Ultra, that's like crazy cheap, especially if you randomly decided to get YouTube premium in October, you're essentially getting this stuff for like 15 bucks <laughs> and you could just cancel your YouTube premium after you get the stuff. Like that's insane. Uh, obviously I was not a YouTube premium subscriber. I think YouTube premium is one of the most useless <laughs> yeah, subscriptions. Um, everyone I know that has YouTube premium is a YouTuber. I don't think actual civilians Use YouTube Premium more than the. Uh, I'm a YouTuber and I don't trial. even use it. <laughs> right, <laughs> but yeah, the only people I know that are premium subscribers are like you know, people that have like hundreds of thousands of subscribers that you like. Yeah. I guess they just they want to be able to watch other YouTubers without you know seeing ads. Like I guess you had to live and breathe YouTube. Well, I imagine to be if they worth get that it. kind of contract, they probably also they probably also get it for free from YouTube as a perk. Right. You would assume if you got a freaking plaque from YouTube for your subscribers, you would assume they give you premium for free, right? Um, I don't know the in and outs of that, but this is a yeah. pretty cool thing. Oh, I did write it down. It is November 6th. So if you were a premium subscriber before November 6th, you get Chromecast Ultra and the Stadia controller for free. And that is, that's insane. And I have sick. to say, I'm quite, I'm pretty jealous of someone who, does have that because as much as I hate on Stadia, it's still a cool idea. I mean, oh, yeah, it's just it's just not executed, you know. So yeah, um, that's the last thing in news that I have. I think that's a pretty cool thing for Stadia to be doing. I feel like I feel like they should offer more deals for that controller. Because here's the thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going into a whole nother tangent. Oh, you're good, dude. Don't worry about it. So it's here's the thing. Topic. Stadia, you have to pay $10 a month for Stadia, and that allows you to access a library of games that you already own. If you don't own any games, you can't access anything. But Stadia Pro does give you free games every month, like Games with Gold. Um, I did the free trial this month to just check it out, and there was like six free games. There was some decent stuff in there. Um, it had Sniper in there. It had Hitman in there. But it had games that I've already gotten for free other places. So I think that is one of the things that kind of does... <laughs> that That is one of the things that is kind of disappointing. The games that Stadia Pro is offering are games that I probably already own four different places from other services giving them out. Whether it be Amazon 
uh, Prime giving it out with Twitch Prime, uh, whether it be Epic giving it out when they're giving away freaking two games a week. I still don't know how they're keeping that up. They're going to run out of games at some point. Um, or freaking Games with Gold giving me free games. Between those three services, a lot of the games that Stadia Pro is offering, I think I already own three or four times. And that's insane. So that doesn't make it feel like a value, but it does allow you to play those games wherever you are um, with Stadia. Now, here's the problem. You still have to buy a $60 controller to play it. And to me, that's enough yeah. of a turnoff for people to not try their service. They should have a thing where they give you the controller if you pay for you know, six months of Stadia right off the bat. It doesn't make sense that they make you buy the controller and then pay every month. I think there should be some incentive of you're paying out the controller. Maybe even have a service where uh, it's $10 a month for Stadia, but if you pay, but if you do this other plan, it's $14 a month and you get a controller. You know, like there's ways to do it, you know, and it's $14 a month for like the first year. And that's the way that you like leased your controller. Um, I think there's just other business models that they can do. And I feel like they're not taking advantage of what the consumer actually wants. And they're about to be just, you know, they're about to get thrown out the airlock by uh, Amazon Luna. <laughs> Luna's about to destroy Stadia. And maybe that's why they're doing this. Maybe that's why they're giving away uh, controllers and Chromecasts. To like increase their player base because Luna is about to like just whoop them, and that's that's gonna be crazy. I'm way more excited about Luna than I am Stadia. I'm more excited about about XCloud if I could use it, uh, but I'm using Apple hardware, and that sucks. <laughs> so as far as I'm still running on Apple, I'm probably leaning towards Luna whenever it launches, but um. Yeah, I'm done with my news, and I'm sorry for all the tangents I went on. No, uh, basically, the stuff that I've got is pretty much uh, pretty similar to everything that you were talking about. Um, uh, the first thing I want to talk about that the whole Xbox overheating thing. You know, there's a video coming out where it shows an Xbox uh, with smoke coming out of the top. Well, come to find out, that was that was more than likely fake. Uh, there's been vapors <laughs> that have actually been blowing vape smoke into the xboxes and then videoing it so it looks like these xboxes are smoking so i have three people that i personally know that just got the xbox yeah and i know uh four people that just got the playstation and uh none of them are having issues none of them they said the the only thing that they see with either one of the consoles right now, as far as overheating, is give it room and don't put shit on top of it. It's really that simple. The basic stuff that we've done right. with all of our consoles our entire life is, you know, be smart about it and, you know, uh, don't you know, yeah. put shit on it. I mean, it's really it's really quite easy. Um let me say, let me say, so we something don't, real we quick. don't know for sure if, but my whole point of it was, we don't know for sure yeah. if, if, uh, those, you know, there's going to be an overheating problem. We won't know probably for six months what the real issues are with these consoles. Um, 
But, right. you know, my only hope is that, you know, we're far enough along in the development of these gaming consoles where we're not going to have that kind of a problem where these guys are going to be like, OK, so we've dealt with the overheating issue. You figure they've done some testing. They know what the issues are. Yeah. Now, now let me mention something real quick. There is a common misconception. Um, I remember people saying that the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 were getting really hot, like people that were getting them early were saying that they were getting really hot. The air coming out of them was really hot. Yeah. And the common misconception is that if heat is coming out of a console, then it must be hot. No, yeah. the thing is, if heat is coming out of the console, the fans are doing their job. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so if the console's hot, that's fine. The question is, is the CPU hot? If and you put a that's book another over thing. its vent, it'll get hot. <laughs> that was another thing that these people did on a video too. I can't remember exactly who it was, but they put a... Uh, like the IR camera, the heat camera um, on an Xbox. And it was hot at the top. Well, that's where the vent is. That's, right, that's where, where the heat goes. <laughs> it, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hot. I talked to a guy who's been playing Valhalla on his Xbox. And I think you, even Robert, you know, Robert, he plays on it too. Yeah. Everybody that I've that's talked to. One. Huh? Yeah. I saw that he got one. <laughs> yeah, and from everybody I've talked to, they say that it runs what they have like butter. So, yeah. and I've heard that from both PlayStation and Xbox. Just don't let your cat sit on it. Yeah, I mean, just be smart about <laughs> it, you know? Just be smart, man. Keep it, you know, keep it out of the way. You know, don't set your freaking drink on top of it. Don't set your, you know, it, it, that's not what it's your, for. Your cup ramen's it, fine, it, though. If you it's put your not cup ramen freaking, on it. Yeah, it's not a table. <laughs> you know, it's a fridge. <laughs> But yeah, just be smart with it, man. I, I don't think anybody's going to have any serious issues. I know that there's going to be some bugs yeah. down the road. There always is. That's why, to me personally, I think people are foolish if they buy these things right away. You know, give it a couple of months. Is it going to come down in price? Probably not. But if there's issues, you may not have you're going to know about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's really that easy. Uh, so enough about that crap. Uh, well, next well, wait, thing, wait, wait, wait. So you said vapors did it, right? Like people who vape. Yeah, vape there, there was a in into there it? was a couple of them where they they showed and there was smoke coming out of it. It would come to found out that all they did was a, like a twenty second clip, fifteen second clip of some smoke coming, and it came out that these people had blown vape smoke or vapor. So they're they're yes. a disappointment to society twice. Yes, okay. basically. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> don't vape and don't be a dick anyway that's just my PSA uh, Halo uh, I didn't know if you knew about this but Halo had a TV series and or they have one and uh, mm -hmm. it should be coming out in the uh, first quarter of 2021 uh, the official air date hasn't been released but that's what they're talking about um, uh, one of the cool things is uh, in uh, uh, 2019 uh I don't know if you know who this is, but Pablo Schreiber, he was on The Wire and Orange is the New Black. He's going to play the Master Chief. And uh, the rest of the cast uh, has been revealed. However, the cool thing about this is the person that was signed on to portray Cortana and Dr. Catherine Halsey is uh, an actress by the name of Natasha McElhoney. And um, she has run into some scheduling difficulties. So what they've done is the voice actress for um, uh, all of the games I'm talking from uh, 
from every main Halo game from Combat Evolved to Infinite. And also uh, she does some work on Forza Horizon 4. Uh, she is going to be voicing Cortana. That's what she did in all the games, which makes absolute sense to me because you're talking about a CG created character who um, basically she's going to, yeah. you're going to hear the true voice. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, she also uh, did the voice of Dr. Catherine Halsey. However, the actress I, I mentioned uh, originally is going to be playing that person. So, uh, cause that is an actual life character. So um, yeah, man, this is going to be really cool. Uh, she also, this is the lady who also did uh, Kate Archer in no one lives forever Two. Uh, uh, Zoe and Left for Dead. Um, so yeah, and Princess Peach and a whole bunch of other Mario games. Actually, is what I found out too when I was researching her. So it's really cool, man. Uh, she's gonna be playing Cortana. It makes perfect sense because she voiced Cortana in every major Halo game. So uh, I think it's gonna bring some bring some uh, authenticity to the TV show. And that kind of little touch, I think, is going to uh 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 bring more of a viewer base you know what i mean so to bring more people that know the game into the uh into the tv series so as far as i'm concerned good move uh if you're a fan of halo and you're you're you know getting ready for that show to come out at least uh you know that it's going to be uh they're working on making it as uh uh true to the game as possible so yeah have you uh have you been playing any apex dude not in a long time, but I did see an ad for it and it looked like I should re-download it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some really cool stuff that's happening on it. Um, however, uh, a lot of people have been bitching it um, at a Respawn about Apex on, uh, for the fact of the uh, there was some uh, uh, or faux pas on the uh, Season 7 <laughs> Battle Pass. <laughs> Fupas. And uh, so... Um, the developers were actually on Reddit and they were actually taking questions. And um, there was people that were calling, you know, all sorts of names and uh, people that were being rude about Apex Future and Respawn and all this other stuff because there some people are pissed off about the game. But these guys actually answered questions and they gave, you know, some some honest and truthful information out there. Um, when Apex came out, it was it was trios. Uh, that was three person squads. And then they had the option to play duos, but people have been shouting and screaming that they want quads. Well, apex and respawn. They've just come out and they've said, no, it's not going to happen. Um, they don't have any plans to release quads. Um, they decided that early on in testing, uh, they think that trios is the sweet spot. And, uh, they think that's when the, uh, the compositions really get good, that the combat gets good. They say that they said that when they tested quads, um, it just got uh, hard to track the combat and it was very chaotic and very negative. So they feel that, um, they could bring that in a limited time mode, but the game wasn't designed for quads. It was designed for trios. The lobby's designed for trios. The loot distribution is designed for trios. The banners are designed for trios. There's really no room for a fourth on the banners when you look around the map. So, yes, those are solvable. You know what I mean? You can fix those problems. You can do the work and and uh, uh, make it happen. But, yeah, it's not going to. Um they said that, uh, um, you know, they do have uh, the uh, the players' interests at heart and in mind because they want to uh, 
they want to be able to uh, uh, make a good game. However, you know, people are still calling them liars and that they refuse to uh, do what the players want by making quads and all that other stuff. But what they're trying to explain is that it doesn't work for that game. And to me, that makes sense. Um, and they also they have doubled in size with their uh, development team. And uh, they said that they've done that. They've doubled their team in size uh, since launch to accommodate uh, content demands and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they said that they refuse to make their people work 15 hour days that they will, you know, put out quality stuff at a steady pace and they want it to be a healthy pace. So they said, this is what we're going to be doing. Uh, we have, you know, like I said, nearly doubled the size of that uh, of the team. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's a free to play game. And <laughs> People, you know, yeah, you have uh, you have purchases in the game and that's where they make their money. But it's just it's just crazy, man. It, it had eight characters to begin with. It has uh, 15 characters. They have all sorts of major and minor events that happen throughout each season. Uh, the seasons come out basically every three months. So it's a really good deal. And to me, I'm, I was looking through some of the Reddit complaints and some of the forums and stuff. Cause I want to really understand why people are pissed off. I don't see why they're mad. I mean, they it's, it's really, some of the arguments are absolutely stupid. Um, like, like I just said, it's a free game. They come out with updates like constantly. They're always adding stuff. Uh, there's new seasons. Like I said, what every, every quarter. So, why are people bitching? That's what I just don't get. It's if for for the zero to price tag, you're getting an awesome game. So, you know, my advice, let these guys do their work, man. Just suck it up, buttercup. You're going to get a new season every three months. You're going to get content, all sorts of events. So, you know, let them do their thing. Uh, quads are not going to happen. Be happy with trios and duos and move on. Next story I want to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to talk about Apex a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think the only reason I don't play it is it is in an uncanny valley. It is it is between Fortnite and Warzone. Yeah, yeah it really it's is. It's more realistic than it's more realistic than Fortnite. It's more like cartoonish and ridiculous than Warzone, and I just I don't have the time for it. If I didn't if I for some reason didn't play Fortnite or Warzone, I'd probably play Apex. I think Apex is a fine game. It just falls into this uncanny valley where I just don't have the time for it. And I'm afraid that maybe a lot of other people have the same issue, you know, but I do know that they have a huge, you know, player base. Oh, like there's still a lot of people a that huge love player Apex. base and it's competitive too. Uh, Apex yeah. is competitive also. So it's a great game. I mean, it really is. The mechanics are awesome. It's very fluid, but yeah. you're right. It is in the, it's, it's in the middle somewhere. Um, it's not quite, uh, you know, uh, black or white. It's in the gray. Right. And, I feel like uh, it kind of has an identity crisis. And know? a lot of gamers go for the more black <laughs> or white. The majority of gamers really do. I, you know, I'm, that's the only left or right, whatever you want to say. Um, you know, they go from one extreme to the other. They're either a huge FPS yeah. fan or they're, they're a huge, uh, like campaign fan or something like that, you know, uh, or, or a team-based fan. It's just, yeah, there's there's no gray area really, but there's enough fan base in that gray area to where they're they're killing it. 
they're killing it pretty good. I mean, Apex is not going anywhere for a very long time. Not for a very yeah. long time. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about was one of my favorite games that's come out so far. Uh, Phasmophobia. Um, they have another update. Now, the last time I talked about this game, um, uh, yes, I played it. Oh, yes, it's absolutely frightening and it's a lot of fun and it's <laughs> it's just a great game. Um, and they've made it to where, you know, the ghosts are smarter. They're more unpredictable, etc. Well, the latest patch for this, you know, for want of better words, a brilliant game that's come out. I mean, these guys, like I said before, they had no idea this game was going to be this big. They figured maybe a fan base of 500 people, and then it would die down. And like I said, in the first week, was it the first week? Two million sales. And when it first came out, it was what? $14.99 a, a pop. So yeah, these guys made, they made, they made bank. And what they're doing is they're putting way more into this game. So the latest patch, and this is going to be a lot of fun, man, is when you die, you have usually been stuck in this blue uh, limbo. That's the only way I can explain it. You're you're like in a uh, whatever that's called. You're you're in that middle place waiting to figure out where it is that you're going to go, I guess. And you really couldn't do anything. But listen, that was it. You could walk around and, and stuff like that, but you couldn't do anything. Um, you can see the ghost. You can see your other players, but you can't help them. Well, now. Dead players can grab non-equipment objects and throw them or move them or whatever. So the little plush toys, cushions, cans, plates, household items, all sorts of stuff. If you could pick it up, you could deal with it. Uh, and, and that's the cool part. Um, so you could be standing next to your buddy who can't see you and you just died. And you want to scare the shit out of him. So you pick up a picture and you throw it down on the ground in front of him. <laughs> and you can scare the people that you're playing with. So this is going to be really cool. Um, uh, one of the stories that I read about this, and I thought this was hilarious, and I really hope this doesn't happen to me, is that uh, one of the guys tried to test it out by throwing something. And as soon as he tried to, his buddy who he was playing with, uh, the ghost killed him and shoved his head through a door. I didn't know that they could do that. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing that happen. Uh, and so he, you know, of course he, he bravely, uh, ran away, um, <laughs> from what was going on, but, uh, another one of the cool things that came out of all of this is that, uh, people have been asking for a prison level. So there's a prison like, uh, you know, like, uh, uh Alcatraz or something that you can investigate that is now in progress. Um, if you go onto the Phasmophobia's uh, Trello board, um, basically you can see uh, it's very public, and you can see the the roadmap that's going on for the for the development of the game. Um, the prison map has apparently been in the backlog since March, and uh, now it is in uh, progress. And when uh, the developer DK Nider, I love this because the responses are so cool, dude. <laughs> I've loved this since day one. And this is what I think people need to get used to. When he was asked about timeframes of when this would be done, he comes up with one answer every time when it's ready. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. 
And so it's totally cool. This guy just, he tells it like it is. Yeah. So Phasmophobia, man, I can't say enough about that game. It is so much fun and is getting so much better. It's uh, taking the uh, PC world by storm for sure, man. Have you had a chance to play it yet? Uh, no, I was trying to get, I was hoping to do it soon though. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll have to. I was going to talk we'll to you about to. it. I'm still off until about Tuesday, so we'll have to figure that out. Uh, next thing that I want to talk about is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, this is insane, dude. I've seen so many people play in this game and so many great things about it. And I've seen gameplay videos of just parts that it looks absolutely amazing. Uh, this is such a great looking game. But this thing, this game has doubled Odyssey's day one player count uh, with, with in its first day. Or, or I'm sorry, two days. Uh, it, it it literally doubled Odyssey's day one player count and just it, it killed it. Um, viewership is huge. Uh, engagement on Twitch and YouTube is just enormous, and uh, it's it's really cool. They think that this is going to be the game of the season. Uh, that's what's coming out right now is that they just saying that Ubisoft went uh, above and beyond and uh, that the the whole it's like everybody wants to be a Viking and it's just really cool, man. So uh, this game, uh, the gameplay that I've seen, it looks absolutely incredible. I would not even try to play this game. I don't know if it's uh, out on the uh, on the predecessors of the consoles that like what we have. Um, I think there is a version for us, right? Uh, yeah, there is. But I personally resolution. Yeah. And see, I don't feel like it would be as good. Uh, unless not it was, even resolution. I think it's just frame rate, like the loading yeah. times and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it looks so absolutely amazing, dude. It just looks so killer. And but yeah, so what a great start for them, man, with Ubisoft. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has doubled Odyssey's day one player count. And uh, yeah, they're just crushing it with this game. Um, but like I said, we know people who have got it. We know people who have the new Xboxes. And uh, I've heard nothing but great things about it. And the little bit of gameplay that I've seen looks amazing. So. That's that uh, game. A thing that I wanted to talk about real quick is um, we were talking about this a few weeks back, how uh, um, next gen games were going to be uh, $70 basically. Um, and, you know, we were wondering, was that going to happen? Um, you know, there was a lot of game companies that were coming out and saying that they weren't going to do it, uh, that they were going to keep their games, um, uh, you know, uh, keep their games at a reasonable price so that everybody could afford them, blah, 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 blah. Well, basically what, what's happening is Sony is, uh, Sony is going to go ahead and, um, they're making their first steps with the, uh, with the, uh, $70 games with like Demon Souls, Call of Duty, uh, Cold War, uh, NBA 2K21. And those are all going to be costing, $69.99 games what a lot of people think is happening is these companies and this is why I called it the 70 you know 70 $70 games are a lie is that uh or under $70 games are a lie is that uh these companies that come out and told us that they weren't going to be doing it what I think that they're doing and 
I've seen it, you know, a lot in, in some of the media is that uh, these companies are waiting to see uh, what is going to be happening with the market for that price point. Now, if Sony proves to be successful with this, dude, if Sony makes a lot of money on it, you can bet in 100% guarantee that the rest of these companies are going to follow suit. Um, they're not going to miss out on that cash cow. And here's the thing to it, though, dude. I honestly think that people are willing to pay $70 for these next-gen games. I honestly think they're willing to do it. Um, and uh, people right now, especially with the pandemic that happened, being locked down, everything else, this holiday season, people are dying to spend money, man. They're just wanting it's burning holes in their pockets, man. They want to spend the money. And yes, we have online purchases. We have all that other stuff, et cetera. And that's what's going to happen. I mean, these guys are going to be paying $69.99 for these, these next gen games. I think that Sony is going to prove that it is very fruitful and every other company is going to join suit after that. So we might as well get used to it. <laughs> it's it's just going to happen. Um, the only way we're going to get it cheaper is when it comes on sale or <laughs> if it ends up on Game Pass or PlayStation U or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just something that we just have to get used to. Uh, consoles have gone up a little bit. Games are going to, too. Um, you're going to be paying money for the work these guys are putting into it. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah, we're going to have to do it because this doesn't it, it just doesn't come naturally, you know, just out of thin air. These guys put a lot of work into this stuff. And uh, unless they're making the money off of it, they're, you know, they're going to be shutting these companies down unless they're actually uh, making what these games are worth. So, yeah, I honestly yeah. think it's just something people need to get used to. It's going to happen. You know, what do you think? Um, The thing is. Only the triple, only the triple A titles decide those prices. Uh, yeah. First party games kind of follow suit. I mean, you can say that the first party games decide what price they're going to be at. You know, like on the Switch, you know, the Mario games are always sixty bucks, um, and you'd have to find a deal to ever even see them close to forty. Um, in the same sense, the third parties see that oh, they can sell them for sixty, so they'll sell them for sixty. But, you know, there's always those companies that make the $30 and $40 games. For example, uh, the new EA game Rogue Squadron was released at $40. Uh, State of Decay 2 was released at $30. Uh, there's always going to be games that they know what they can sell it for. But, the, yeah, what we're talking about is the games that, no matter the value of the game, they're going to sell it at either 60 or 70 because that's the market value of the most you can make people play for a pay for a game without it being like a deluxe special gift edition with all of the cheats. Um, but yeah, I'm really hoping that what actually happens with this next gen is it just opens up more price levels, you know, like maybe yeah. some games will release at 50, you know, in the same sense that they released at 60 and 40, maybe 50 is the new 40, maybe 40 will be more popular. I don't know. I feel like games need to, they need to sell themselves for not just what they want to sell it to make the money back the most. They need to sell it for what they think it's worth. You know, I don't think there's enough variation because even from the dawn of video games, you could pick up two, you know, Atari games that were sold for the same amount and one was not worth a penny and one was worth, you know, 
you know, 40, 50 bucks, whatever they sold it for. I don't even know. <laughs> but something was worth way more with replayability, content, uh, how yeah. long it takes to beat it. Um, and we're not even talking about, um, I mean, even if you just do content and how long it takes to beat it and like uh, how it functions, we won't even be talking about, is it a good game? Like, is the concept of the game enjoyable enough to actually play we're not even doing opinion based if you just sold games on like how much you got out of it then like that would be interesting um but i mean you know it's just it's a case-to-case basis but yeah yeah, but what Mm. we're talking about is you know ubisoft bethesda you know nintendo microsoft sony studios we're talking about what they're setting those games prices at um i think 70 is a lot um yeah, because sixty has been the sixty has been the price so long that once you start saying seventy, it starts feeling like an accessory because seventy feels very close to a hundred, and at a hundred you can get like you know a really nice controller, <laughs> you could get like a camera or something too. Yeah, uh, you're halfway to a VR. Uh, in Xbox's case, you're halfway to expandable storage. Seventy just feels a lot more than 60 and it should, it's a whole sixth of the price increase. You know, it's almost 20%. So that's a big jump. I know 70 is a rounder number than 65, but 70 from 60 is a huge jump, you know? Yeah. But, uh, we'll see, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we will. I'm interested in your next story because I originally had a note about it. So, uh, let's talk about this one. This one is kind of funny and also disappointing. Avengers disassemble. That's the title of this one. That's why I gave it to you. uh, Basically (laughs) um, what's happened is the Marvel Avengers steam player count. I don't know about Xbox and I don't know about PlayStation, but I'm going to tell you this right now. This is probably the same for both of those platforms, but on the steam PC platform, the player count has dropped 96% in just two months. Okay, this 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 is crazy. Um, Not only did these guys have a weak launch to begin with, they couldn't even crack the top 40 list, which is a big deal as far as gaming. If you can crack top 40, you're going to do okay, even if you're not top 10. You know what I mean? You're going to do okay. You're still going to have that. They only had twenty nine thousand concurrent players in on Steam in August. Well, that's changed, bro. Horribly over the weekend. It only had 1,196 concurrent players on Steam. And for the month of November so far, that's given them just an average of 752 players per hour. That's it. That's it, dude. You see crazy numbers on Fortnite, Call of Duty, uh, all even some of the horror games. Dude, hell, the Friday the 13th servers are offline at the end of this month, and they're seeing a bigger player concurrent player count than this it's absolutely ridiculous man and despite that despite the fact that their numbers have dropped so bad square says they're still coming out with more content for marvels avengers they got new characters coming out right uh kate bishop and spider-man black panther is supposed to be rumored to be coming in and it's just absolutely insane dude that that this is it was crazy man it was crazy because uh in september they were they weren't awful if you compared them to destiny 2 and warframe well destiny 2 has blown up 
dude. Destiny 2 has blown up huge. I've actually re-downloaded it for PC, and it it's just crazy because this game has taken a complete shit, and the ones that they were comparing themselves to are actually doing good, like Warframe and Destiny 2. So, wow. It's just, I, I mean, I didn't think Marvel's Avengers could get any worse, but yeah, it's um yeah, it's completely uh it's completely crap now. So uh Yeah. Um so th- this is really but, crazy but with the, Marvel Avengers. Here's the thing, the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S versions, those were supposed to be ready, but they announced last month that those were pushed back to 2021. So these guys aren't doing themselves any favors. So there there's rumors going around that this the licenses for the Marvel characters were just through the roof and yes. that they were getting concerned about the game making its money back. So they, at the last minute, added the live service features into it. So that's why it feels so clunky. Um, so in addition to that, um, it doesn't work as either. Um, it does not. It is a $60 game that is not Call of Duty. I think Call of Duty is the only game that can work as a live service that you pay full price for. Um, the thing about Avengers is it doesn't make sense as a live service because it's not free and it's not even cheap. It's a $60 game. So if they're worried about their concurrent players going down, uh, that's all with the price tag. You know, um, They are limiting how many people are playing because it's a $60 entrance fee. Um, so it doesn't work as a you know, a game as a service, but it also doesn't work as a standalone game because they butchered it with the games as a service features. (laughs) So the thing is they took two games ideas and made them into one to try to make the money back. Instead, it's just bad at both. It's just not even a good game. And I mean, I shouldn't say that because I haven't played it. Uh, I do know some people that have played it. I guess I could talk to them about the issues, but from my opinion, from what I've heard as far as like the online opinion is that it doesn't work as either type of game. So maybe, maybe we can talk to people that have actually bought and played this game and figure out their opinion on it by next week. Cause that'd be interesting to know someone that, you know, isn't just, you know, writing up articles online because the online opinion is that it's just shit. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are saying that it gets boring after a couple of hours that the uh, missions feel repetitive, you know? Um, so I don't know. That's a lot of problems for a game. And yeah. uh, this is yeah, also the game that, that had the thousand bug patch. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This might be the uh, contender for most disappointing game of the year on many levels. <laughs> but that's yeah. Yeah, you can go on, though. <laughs> oh, no, I, I only have one more story, dude. And this is probably the coolest story I've seen in a long time. Uh, there is a company out there called, uh, open bionics and these guys make, um, the, these guys are the cutting edge for bionic prosthetics. Uh, these guys make arms and hands for, uh, adults and children that actually are able to grip with pressure sensitive, uh, fingertips, all sorts of really cool things that, and they function almost fully like a, a, a legitimate arm or hand. Well, this is the cool thing. Uh, Konami uh, or Komani, I'm sorry, (laughs) has uh, partnered up with Open Bionics and they have made a replica um, uh, 
Venom Snake's Metal Gear Solid arm. Uh, this is from Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, um, where he lost his arm. That, that's what's supposed to have happened in the um, in the whole story. So uh, they developed. Uh, Komani went to them and asked them to develop because they, like I said, these guys are. It's absolute crazy bionics, man. I mean, each finger moves. It's you got to go check out the videos. So uh, it's really cool. Um, there's a YouTube video. It says it's called Metal Gear Solid Bionic Arm. A uh, 29-year-old guy named Daniel Melville, uh, he uh, was wearing one of the hero arms. Now, this this arm is already in existence. It's called the hero arm through Open Bionics. And he's been wearing one for over three years. Um, and he is the first recipient of the new Metal Gear Solid design. And it looks cool. I don't know if you're looking at it. Uh, it is so neat looking, dude. It looks like an <laughs> Iron Man hand and arm. And uh, this guy was born without his hand, his right hand. And uh, uh, it's just, it, it, man, it's just crazy neat. It just looks crazy seeing something from the game come to life, you know, because it looks exactly like it. And uh, <laughs> this kid in the video, I guess he's quoted as saying that it's unbelievable. It's everything that he's ever wanted from a bionic arm. Uh, he's an avid gamer. Uh, he's loved playing the Metal Gear Solid games. And uh, he said to have Snake's arm in real life is just insane. So yeah. I, I bet it is, man. These arms are available everywhere. Uh, the US, UK, Ireland, Spain, um, uh, New Zealand, Australia, Portugal, Russia, it, everywhere. So, uh, but you actually have to register uh, for one of the arms and uh, when you go online and, and whatnot, but it, it looks so cool. If you watch the video, it's just so neat. It's a one minute video. Doesn't take very long at all, uh, but you see him sliding his hand into it uh, and he's holding his phone with it. He's, it's just crazy, dude. It's just absolutely insane. Uh, <laughs> I'm watching the video again, dude, and it's just, yeah. it's nuts because he's he's putting his hand up to his face and his fingers curl and he puts his fist under his chin. And I'm like, this is, wow. He can hold sunglasses, pick up a glass of tea, a sugar cube, but it's amazing. Um, if you get a chance, guys, go see the video. Uh, it's very inspiring, to be honest with you. Um, what they're doing and uh, pretty soon people who may be missing a hand dude are going to have two hands I'd say in the next decade that's just going to move as fast and as quickly based on you know nerves that are coming nerve impulses coming from your brain and people are going to be able to game again people are going to be able to you know uh, hold hands with their family members again without fearing that they're going to crush it or something you know it's just it, it's neat dude and it's just it's really cool man I, to me, it's probably the best story that I've ever ended on just because of the fact that uh, they're doing something that's helping people. And it's also part of the gaming industry. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 It's yeah. Uh, pretty cool. It is, man. But go watch the video, guys. If you haven't seen it, it's Metal Gear Solid Bionic Arm. Just check it out. You're going to be absolutely amazed at what they've been able to do with these bionic arms. And uh Yeah. I mean, I would just be absolutely over the moon if I was the first person who got one of these things. So, but that's all I've got for news, guys. That's all I've got. Cool. Uh, let me end it on a quick, uh, really funny take. Um, <laughs> um, 
before before we close out, um, I saw a really funny comment on a uh, <laughs> a post from IGN. IGN was uh, talking about the PlayStation Five being released, and PlayStation Five. Uh, if you don't know the motto for PlayStation going into the PlayStation Five, it's called "Play Has No Limits." And uh, of course, the top comment is referring to the fact that no one can get a PlayStation because you know stock has limits. <laughs> so the top comments, if you go down all the comments on the IGN post, it's all about uh, quantities are limited though, or but PlayStation has limits, or but um, <laughs> manufacturing play has, no, has play limits. has no limits for a limited time only. Yeah, play has no <laughs> limits except you know you know, availability. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, Play I just has thought no that limits a, only where available. <laughs> I just thought that was, I that just is hilarious. That was but um, it is dude. Yeah. And uh, I guess what is, what is next week? I guess we'll do another show before Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're in November. A lot of people are already starting their black Friday sales. So, um, be sure to grab and be on the lookout for good deals because a lot of stuff is being posted daily and um, yes. it's not going to be that crazy of a Black Friday this year. So don't be slow and don't miss all the good deals that are before Black Friday this year. A lot of stores are closing on Thanksgiving and Black Friday because of the pandemic. So a lot of the deals are online. So check online. Don't show up to a store and be like, I thought you were going to have Black Friday this year. So, um, actually do your the own website homework. said you had it yeah. <laughs> i have a picture that i printed out <laughs> the printouts cracked me up i'm sorry yeah but anyway because you don't know when it was printed <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah y'all have a good week and uh, we will be back next week with more brand spanking new uh gaming news thank you and remember it's not the newest news in gaming unless it's new to us fupa or faux pas <laughs>